This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest tonight is Phil Graham. Phil, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. How are you? What's up, Kevin? I am super excited to be here, and thanks for having me on. Ready to do this. So tell us a little bit about who Phil Graham is. That's a loaded question, but uh, <laughs> we'll just tell you the good stuff. How about that? That's right. Hey, you got the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm based in Seattle, Washington, uh -huh. and I have an amazing wife and three kids. And I used to be in the corporate world. You know, I started as a sales manager and worked my way up, or I started as a sales rep and worked my way up as a sales manager and, and did that for quite a few years. Um, but probably about, I'm trying to think how long ago it was. Seven, six or seven or eight, no, probably about seven or eight years ago, transitioned into running my own business, becoming an entrepreneur. And I own my own ad agency. We focus on like Facebook advertising for entrepreneurs and businesses. We also do like SEO and YouTube ads and a lot of different things. Right. But, but like we, you know, we do a lot of Facebook ads for people. And that's, I, I love it because it, it allows us to give like, especially like entrepreneurs, an advantage that five or 10 years ago, they never could have gotten. Mm. And so we focus on on that. And we have all kinds of different clients. And I love it because I love helping people. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I, I also actually one other thing too yeah. is um, I'm real big on mindset. You know, I changed my life through mindset. And it doesn't sometimes people don't always really, really, really think of mindset with business. But right. to me, mindset is everything. It's such a big part of my success. And so I try and like, if I am consulting with a client, sometimes I have to just like sneak mindset in, <laughs> you know, because it's so helpful. And so um, I also love that because it makes a big difference to, uh, to your success, in my opinion. So, so for those listening to the podcast, so sometimes we, you know, we, we take a, a step up the, uh, the staircase here because we had a guest on not long ago called, her name was Fanny Myth. And Fanny is the one that, that put Phil and I in, in connection with each other. And Phil was actually, you were actually a coach for Fanny, were you not? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, she, she credits you with virtually everything that she's done. And, and oh, she is, she's done a great job. Facebook is just blowing up. I mean, it's, yeah, just, absolutely. it's, it's so entertaining and so, so well done that, and she says, you know, when I talked to her offline, she said, Hey, this is Phil Graham. So th this, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing is because of that. So uh, that's I appreciate awesome. your humility, but uh, you know, she was really uh, um, saying that, that you had a, a large hand in everything that she's doing. So I, well, I, that was, that was really, thank you for saying that. That was kind. She's a great action taker. That makes such a big difference. Yeah. You know, she puts in the work and, and she's done extremely well. And so, you know, I love seeing that kind of, like that kind of stuff motivates me so much. I love yeah. seeing when somebody wants something and they put in the work and they're willing to do it. That's what gets me up every day, you know, helping a lot people. It's easier to coach people that way too. Totally. I yeah. mean, just coaches in general. I mean, just, you know, yep. basketball coaches, football coaches, what you, you have a motivated player that has less talent. They would rather have that than a, than a talented player without motivation. So thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned just a little bit about uh, kind of changing your life. I mean, did I, did I see somewhere online that, that you used to be like 300 pounds? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, yes, you so did. tell us a little bit about that. I, I, that wasn't the one the question I was going to ask you, but you mentioned kind of that, you know, my life changed through, through mindset. What happened? Yeah, I've got a post somewhere on Facebook. It's from last year about how losing 125 pounds, you know, three things I learned losing 125 pounds that taught me to, you know, better run a business. 
and I ended up losing. It was probably more than 125. It was probably like 135 plus. You know, it was it was a lot. Um, and I literally changed my life. So back in the old me was the corporate me, mm-hmm. and you know I was traveling all the time, and you know I was just so overweight, and I hated Eating it out and, all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just uh, I hated it. But here's the here's the interesting thing, and this is why I always say mindset over tactics. And we we always teach both, and we and both are important. But for many years, I knew what to do to lose weight. Like everybody knows, if you want to lose weight, you have to eat healthy and you have to exercise. Like mm-hmm. people intrinsically know that, and I knew that, and I kind of tried things, but it didn't work. So finally. I just, enough was enough. And I went in beast mode. I call it beast mode. I want to write a book on that. Of course you someday. do. You're in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, right. I literally like wanted to create a program and write a book on that. But um, Marshawn Lynch trademarked, he smartly trademarked the beast mode um, term, which was good, but yeah. good for him. But uh, I went in beast mode and I changed everything. I did a complete 180 degree change with my life in terms of like uh, losing all the weight. I went from hating working out to working out really hard twice a day, seven days a week, you know, for years. And um, I really, that transformation, the tactics helped, but the mindset I had to put myself into in order to accomplish that was actually what made the difference, you know? And so that's changed my life. And I use that same mindset in my business and as an entrepreneur, because like, I'm sure you know, and the listeners and watchers know that, like as an entrepreneur, or if you're, you know, in a small business, there's so many ups and downs. Mm, sure. It's, it's crazy. It can be really, really challenging. And that's where that mindset has come in. So that's, that's um, like, I look back on that and it was really hard going through that. It was kind of like walking through fire, yep. but I'm glad I did it. And um, I, I use those lessons I learned in all areas of my life. So you, you just woke up one day and said, looked in the mirror and said, man, I am so I, I am more disgusted with what I see that that's going to be motivate me to get to where I want to be, even though it's going to be a painful process. And yep. I know I've got to go through a lot, lot to get there. You just got to the point where you just, you just kind of broke. Enough was enough. Yeah, enough you know? was enough. I started writing on my hand, you know, I, I, how much I was going to lose. And, and um, I, I literally, it was just beast mode. It didn't, like, I was so focused. It didn't matter if I was at the gym. There could have been, like, bombs going off around me. I probably wouldn't have heard it because I was just so locked in. And, and that changed everything for me. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I was mad, kind of, like, mad at the world because I had tried for years prior to that. Mm. And it didn't work. Yep. And so there was a lot of feelings and frustrations and stuff with that. Mm-hmm. And, and people, you know, sometimes treat you differently. You know, like oh, yeah. that's a sure. lot of weight to lose, you know. Yeah. Um, no so, one go to the beach. No. <laughs> no. And the funny thing, though, is, you know, during that whole time, I was in sales. I always did really well, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with people. But it was my inner thoughts, you know, like I would like assume that people were thinking, oh, this guy looks like crap, blah, blah, blah. And some of them might, might have been. Luckily, it didn't affect me um, in terms of like, career and stuff, but it, you know, it, it was just not good, you yep. know, and I finally enough was enough and I made the change and, um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm like, I'm a different person because of that. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the point because I called to talk to you about your digital marketing agency. <laughs> yeah. Two things are so connected. I think, you know, as you're talking about yes. mindset, you're talking about lifestyle, 
So would you look back and say that uh, in your sales career, I mean, mm-hmm. did you go beast mode in your sales career? Did, I mean, were there things in your personality that would, that would lead you to say, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm either a zero or I'm a hundred. There's no, there's no middle ground here. And, and you approach, you know, work this, the same way. Do you go beast mode, you know, doing digital marketing, you'll beast mode doing coaching. I mean, I do. Yeah, that's actually a great question. <laughs> um, one thing about me is I am, I'm, I'm too competitive. I am very competitive. I've always been like this. Even as a little kid, I grew up competitive. If I lose, I get mad. I'm not, I'm not a good loser. You know, like I'm a sore loser. I cannot, it makes me physically ill if I play a game and I lose. Um, so that's not the best trait necessarily. Uh, but it's gotta I'm be so- channeled. Yeah, exactly. Got to be smart about it, you know. As a kid, Wilson's competitive. Yes, <laughs> but he, you just never see it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like I'm one of those guys. Like, uh, if I see, uh, even now, like if I see a football game, and like if you if 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 you see Tom Brady and they lose, he's not going to smile. Oh yeah. Some guys will smile. Like if I lose a game, I cannot smile. Like I'm. I got to figure out how to get back in there and win that game as soon as humanly possible. How do we get back to the next game? So I think um, that was, I didn't, that was just part of me from a very small kid, you know? And so I grew up just always being ultra competitive and stuff. And I, I and that does go with me in business because I have that not only for myself, but also for clients, Yeah, you know, like sometimes I even want it for them more than they want it for themselves. In some cases, you know, like I really want everybody to win. So I think that has helped me in, in some ways and in other ways um, it, it can be a challenge too. <laughs> well, especially if you're coaching someone, I mean, they're either going to buy in or they're not. I mean, it's, yes. there's no, there's no kind of mediocre middle here. I mean, you, if yep. you buy in, we'll really soar. If you don't buy in, you're going to be miserable. I'm going to be miserable. We might as well just, you know, not get yep. into this too far. So it, it is interesting that, that, I mean, as we can see, I mean, every podcast interview I do, we, we look back and think of how all the pieces that kind of fell into place to get you where you are, uh, which is actually a really good segue to my next question. So how what was the transition from your corporate sales job to your digital marketing agency? What was the, what was the trigger? And, and was this kind of in the same uh, line of work or was there any relation in the sales world to what you're doing <laughs> now? Or no, so you're there? totally different line of work, but I ended up working for myself because the company I was working for had gone through some bankruptcies and tons of layoffs. And eventually I was laid off. You know, I was making six figures. I was, you know, a sales manager. And after enough layoffs, boom, I was it. And so I was forced to make a decision. The interesting thing is uh, prior to that, I had always had a side hustle. So I love marketing. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I, I've been like online marketing since like at least the year 2000, maybe even a little bit before then. Um, you That's know, early days. it is. Early. I remember when you could get Google, <laughs> Google AdWords, like mortgage keywords for five cents a click, <laughs> whereas now they're like $50 a click. Like, so I always had side hustles going because I loved, you know, but when I got laid off, it's one thing to have a side hustle going. And you're, you know, you're still making, you know, good money. You're making five or six figures or whatever somebody's making. But when you lose that and you all of a sudden you lose all sense of security, that was like, 
man, that woke me up. Yep. I had to make a decision. Yeah. You know, do I go all in on this or do I not? And that, that was the catalyst though. Had I not like getting laid off was such a gift because mm. I would not have quit even yeah, though like true. it wasn't my passion, but I was paying, getting paid enough that it would have been hard to quit. I don't think I never, I, I never, and I was overweight, you know, like getting laid off. I, it changed everything for me because mm. after that point is when I decided to change everything, lose all the weight, you know, start my own business and stuff like that. So at the time it seemed it, it was, it was so scary yeah. and miserable, but it's one of the big best things that's that ever happened to me. And this is in the last couple of years, last year and a half. How long has it been? Oh, it's been like seven years maybe or eight okay, years. Okay. So I, I thought you were talking about your weight loss was just in like the last two. Oh no, no. Weight loss was, um, probably been like eight years. Something okay. Like that. Yeah. So somewhere between seven and nine years in that range. Right. Yeah. You can go so, back and look at your diary and it'll type. Been a while. Yeah. I'll have to uh, message you uh, a before and after. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think you had a, there was a picture, I think maybe on Facebook that. Uh, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was that, not pretty. It was it, not. <laughs> we also didn't look like you. I mean, it just. No, I know a lot of people say that. The two, the two different pictures. Maybe this is my brother or, you know, my brother, another mother here. <laughs> you know, so. A lot of people say, there's no way that's you. And I say, trust me, it's me. And I feel bad looking at the picture for the person that was in the picture. And because that was me, because I know all the internal feelings and stuff. So um, it's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it great though to look back and 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 just see where you where you are now versus oh, where at that moment? I mean, what a what a an encouragement absolutely. that would be, an internal encouragement that would be to yeah to, you know, to get up. You know what day. was cool? What was cool about that too is that during that process, it happened in probably the stage of about twelve to eighteen months. I think twelve months, like most of it happened, but all the rest was like within the the you know probably the eighteenth month. During that, that's a relatively small amount of time to go from my before to the after when you sure. look at those pictures. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. And a lot of people at the gym would come up to me and ask me, dude, what are you doing and stuff? And I really enjoyed, you know, once I got to the point where I felt like, okay, I'll tell you guys what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I, at first, I felt like an idiot, you know, because, yeah. you know, it took a while to, to work. But I really enjoyed helping the people that wanted that help because I know – like that, that taught me in business, like if, if we're doing Facebook ads and stuff, we have to know our ideal clients pain points almost better than they do. Like I know the pain point of being overweight. You, nobody could tell me anything I don't know because I lived it, I experienced yeah. it. And when you know the pain points really well for an audience, then you can win, even if you spend less money. And you don't have to experience it necessarily to know it. There's ways you can know it without going through it. But I learned that was a really good lesson I learned that really translates over to business that helps a lot. I absolutely. And I, I'm going to circle back with that in just a second because cool. that's what I, I do want to touch on that as we're right after this, this kind of next uh, section here where you and I are going to step on an elevator. We're going to go up 10 floors. I want your elevator pitch. Give me, you got a, you got one minute. Tell me, oh, yeah. tell me what you do. I just okay. hit the button. Doors just closed. Doors just closed. Well, I would ask you. I would ask. I would be asking you. Tell me about your business. What's okay, your business? online? What's I, your I, do, I sell stuff online, and I I want to I want to somehow increase my marketing. And I would ask you 
the biggest mistake I see businesses make is this you or not is they don't have a system that can reliably bring in ideal customers or clients and turn them, you know, leads into business, right? Do you have a system that's working for you that you can turn on that you can scale? Yes or no. And you're probably going to say no. <laughs> or else you'd have enough business, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we help oh, talking about getting coffee on the elevator then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if I have a system, then <laughs> let's get a LaCroix and, and let's just right. go shoot the breeze and talk football. Now, um, so what I would say is we help entrepreneurs and businesses like yours tune out all the noise and differentiate themselves so they attract clients to them without chasing. A lot of people go out and chase, and when you chase, it's hard to get paid what you're worth. So we help you attract by using a system and a framework to make it happen. And I didn't say it best. You know who said it best was Mark Cuban from Shark Tank. He said, unless you have a reliable, scalable, duplicatable way to bring in leads and convert them to business, then you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And Hmm. so many entrepreneurs and businesses that I see out there are running their business as a hobby. And it's dangerous because if they keep doing that, they might not be around very long. It's scary. Yeah. So that's basically what we would be talking. I would like try and get you to do most of the talking, to be honest, but that would be, you know, when it's time for me to talk, that's where I would go with it. And by the time I figure out I've got to have a system, you're there with the answer. Yes, absolutely. That, that's, that's what we do. Always be closing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. That's uh, that's one of the things that we do that we feel like we're pretty different than, than a lot of other types of uh, agencies and people that are out there. Uh, We don't rely on hope at all. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference. I know how it feels to rely on, to rely on hope because I did at first. I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. And I don't want that feeling ever again, you know? Right. And so I help others not have to deal with that or get them out of that if they are. Well, I told you I'd circle back with the kind of the pain point. You you mentioned that just briefly, just a second ago, but I'm, I'm curious since you started your, your own, you know, full-time gig here, what have, what have been one or two pain points that, that you've experienced or you experience on a fairly regular basis, you know, internally within your marketing agency that, that uh, you think, and it's just a constant, you know, thing that we run into. And, and uh, maybe our listeners could speak into that as well. It's kind of the whole idea of the rising tide is, you know, yep. the, to have the community. We have a, a pretty learned community of listeners here that, that, you know, kind of do all, all kinds of different things within this space and, and are, are getting into it. They may be able to offer some, some uh, helpful, you know, input or feedback on this too, or, or just they may learn from it. So what are, what are one or two? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'm always a believer. Everybody can learn from everybody no matter what. Um, so I would say by far, number one is finding good enough people. Um, personnel, that's a, that's a big challenge. Part of it is my fault. I have really high standards when I take on a client and stuff, I treat clients like family. Mm. And if somebody, um, I have to be able to trust somebody. Here's the, here's the problem that I see out there in the market. There's not that many practitioners out there of Facebook ads and digital marketing that are really, really good that are like true practitioners. There's a lot of people that are trying to be, and there's a lot of people that say, I think Gary Vee said it best. He said, there's the headline people or there's the practitioners. And the headline people will just take what they heard here and just regurgitate it here. Sure. But what I'm looking for is like the practitioners, people that actually, I'm looking for a skill. 
-hmm. because it's not just like, Hey, let's just put up a Facebook ad. There's so much more to it. And so for me, the biggest challenge is finding enough skilled people that fit in, you know, that also have the mindset, you know, they're not negative. They're not going to bring you down because that's right. important as well. Exactly, yeah. And um, one of the ways I combat that, and by the way, like if anybody is like a really good practitioner of Facebook ads and you have a good mindset, let's connect. <laughs> like we, there might be ways we can, we could use you if, if, you know, if, if it's the right fit. But one of the ways I combat that too is I am totally willing to take somebody with the right mindset and teach them the skills that they need. They may already have some skills and maybe they just don't have enough yet. Right. Because we talked about earlier, you know, like having the right attitude is like super important. Mm -hmm. Just like I wouldn't take somebody who had the skill but had a bad attitude. Yeah. Because I'm very protective. Like I said, our clients and customers are like family to me. I don't want to disappoint them, you know. So biggest challenge is definitely finding enough good people that number one, have the skill. Number two, have the mindset. Mm hmm and really what, what would be, what'd be another one? Be a second um, pain point that you experience pretty frequently. I would just say, you know, time, you know, time is definitely, there's part of it is my own doing. I have a thousand different things I'm trying to do that, that I, you know, I make myself focus on a few cause that's our philosophy, but there's a lot more that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can do that, is to continue scaling and bringing the right people in and putting them in the right spaces. So it kind of goes back to, to the people as well. But you know, time is definitely a challenge without a doubt. Sounds like balancing and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's almost like you're, you're having to continually balance prioritization with scaling. Yes. You know, yeah, because the, we want to scale in the right way the worst thing, not the worst, but a really bad thing is to scale and then let somebody down, like let a customer down because we didn't follow up or something like to me, that's not worth it. So I have to try and scale in a smart way. But yeah. so I'm scaling like here, but I want to be way up here. Sure. You know? And I will be but it's got to be done right. Or else the whole system will break. I mean, the, the one thing you mentioned a minute ago is the kind of the fear of that transition of going from, you know, this being a side gig, to my yeah. day job versus full time. I mean, the two things, and I've said this on other, other podcasts, I mean, the two things that I think an entrepreneur has to have to succeed, number one, they have to have the fear of failure. Yep. And the second, they have to have the reward of success. So if those two things are, are in place, I mean, it's almost like, you know, to, to succeed, you've got to be hungry. And yes. if it's a side gig, you're probably not hungry. I mean, right. it's, almost like it's gravy you know it's it's just kind of it's just icing on the cake a little bit you know on and and if i can i can kind of turn that tap on and off as i need to because i've probably figured out all my expenses are being paid through my day job right so this is like if i will have a vacation fund or i want to play you know go see a seahawks game or something <laughs> kind of funded through this other other deal over here but once you step out of that that safety net i mean and you're on your own I think that your, your priorities change, your, your hustle changes, your mindset has to change and you either, you either succeed or you fail. I mean, there's Absolutely. very few people that, that, that would step into that and just kind of exist and manage, you know, um, I could not agree more to just to see the whole process and kind of the, the shift that happens and, 
I said shift that happens. And <laughs> I don't know that you have to <laughs> leave that one out. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But just the, the whole thing of, of shifting that says, okay, it's on me. It is absolutely yep. on me. I'm there to be a bill collector at my door, banging on the door saying, Hey, you know, we're going to turn the lights off if you don't uh, yep. start paying your bills type thing. So it's, it's, I just love to see the kind of the transition of so many people that, you know, like life circumstances have led them to, you know, transitioning where they like, I mean, I'll appreciate the fact that you said I probably would have done that on my own. Yeah. You know, it's hundred so percent true. It's almost like, like I almost wish some people will get laid off. It sounds awful, but, yeah. but it helped me so much. Either, either that or get so clear that you quit, you know, sure. you got to be yeah. smart about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, but either way, how, the next day you're in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and well, one of the things I learned from Mark Cuban is that like not taking a risk is sometimes the biggest risk of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that 100%. If you look at the biggest entrepreneurs ever, they all took big risks. And you have to be able to believe in yourself and bet on yourself and go hard and go all in at whatever it is you want to do. And it's true. Like back when I had the side hustle, mm-hmm. I could just spend my time messing around on social media, on Facebook or this or that, you know? And does it bring you some business? Yeah, it could bring you some. Is it the best thing? Are you to be on there all day for a real business? No, there's a reason you don't see Elon Musk and Tim Cook, you know, and, yeah. and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, Mark Cuban Gabby, all day yeah. on Facebook. They're not doing lives all day. They're not like when you have to succeed and there's no, it's not a side hustle anymore. You learn really quick the things you need to do in order to actually create income. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes such a big difference. Yep. By the way, nothing wrong with doing all those things either, like being on social and stuff. I spend a good fair amount of time on social, but there's, there's a line that I make sure I don't cross in terms of, you know, spending my time in a smart way. Right. And I think I see a lot of people there, my lines here, a lot of people are way up here and they could be way more effective if they switched it up a little bit, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, that's a, that is a good word. And, and you, you know, you're looking at Facebook intentionally. Yeah. You're not just looking at it accidentally. I mean, some people Definitely. just sit on there and kind of scroll and before they know it, it's Oh, they suck you in. It's all built to suck you in and keep you there. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of people like even just the likes, the engagement, that stuff is supposed to give you a dopamine rush. Yeah. And you want more. And like, there's so many people that base, their self-worth or their level of success based on vanity metrics like that. That's one of the things that we teach. Forget vanity metrics. I know people that can get a million likes that can't monetize it and have no money. And they've come to me for consulting because of it. You know, so on its own, it it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you don't post. I mean, but a lot of people like all they do is they're thinking all I need is vanity metrics and they focus on the wrong thing. For sure. Yeah, that, and that's exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of metrics that, that are non-financial that uh, people, that, and I, I love it. It's, it is kind of that broad category of vanity metrics that say, you know, I, how many likes do I have? How many shares? How many of this? And it, is it, but is it leading to revenue? Is it right. sales? And, and is it taking away from something like, for me, one of the things I want to do is I want to focus on my skills and results for customers and clients. Like, mm-hmm. I put more of my effort into that 
than almost anything else because that's one of my differentiating points. And I think a lot of people put effort into the external stuff. Right. And then when they get to the point where it's time to deliver, it, sometimes there's issues and stuff. So you have to navigate that. It's going to be different for different types of businesses and people and stuff. But uh, for me, that's helped us a lot. So I want to, I want to kind of take a little deeper dive right now and kind of get in your head for a couple of Uh-oh. minutes here. And then we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap it up with, uh, you know, just really offering you kind of this space to, you know, to, to really do a kind of a micro teaching class or whatever, just say, Hey, here's, oh, cool. here's some things that you really want to want to focus on it. Cause I, I really want to add, add value. To, not that we haven't added value already, but I really want to close it out. And those that have, yeah, I've listened to the entire episode. They get a bonus there at the hey, end. Definitely. We're get, I want to give these guys <laughs> some tactical like things they can go out and use today or tomorrow that will, that will make a difference. So yeah, well, I, I like that. Good idea. So I'll be, I'll, we'll be there in, in just a couple of minutes, but so tell me, is there, you've mentioned a, quite a few of them, but is there one person online that you, you look to that say, Hey, this person just really inspires me and give me one line reason why. E- Elon Musk, because of, Everything like go to SpaceX. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Hey, Elon, give me a call, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, Elon Musk for sure is one of them because he has he's he's not just doing business. He's changing lives. He's he's changed the car market. You know, he's done. And a lot of people love him. A lot of people don't. You know, a lot of there's yeah. negatives about him sure. too. Uh, so, and I realize that. But for me, I'm inspired by everything he's done, the level he's done it, and also his level of risk. Mm. You know, he made all that money after selling, I think it was PayPal and one of his other businesses and he risked it all. He was, he, he was sleeping on people's couches. He went from being worth like 800 million to risking it all. He could have lost it all. And to me, that's like, that is inspiring and impressive. So he's definitely one of the people I look to. There's, there's a number. I like Jeff Bezos a lot. Look what he's done with Amazon. That's amazing. Uh, and also, uh, like Sarah Blakely of Spanx. I mean, she's a billionaire. Yep. She, she rose from zero yep. to create a billion-dollar brand. Probably made and, it in her living room. Probably yeah. Yeah, started. Yeah. And I'm inspired by people like that. And there's a lot of good people, you know. But to me, like, those are some of my favorites that I really, really pay attention to. I was driving in D.C. about six months ago, and I pulled up behind this Tesla. And the uh, license plate said SpaceX. And I thought, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> is that Elon Musk in I there? Because he had no, you know, blacked out windows. What a, you never know. You never know. He's, he's everywhere. <laughs> is there a particular life quote? Is there like a one-line life quote that you, you know, you said you marked stuff on your hands and stuff like that. But do I you do, have something yeah. up, up, you know, taped up on your I've got a couple. I actually, I have, you can't see it, but. I've got a couple up over here. I'll give you a couple. One of them, and I don't know who said these. Mm -hmm. Um, I should, but I don't. One of them is your imagination is the preview of life's coming attractions. Sound like Walt Disney. Yeah, that does sound like Disney, doesn't it? I wonder, that might be. And then this is, this other one is actually kind of cool. It's a little bit different. I don't think you hear it enough, but it says confidence is not that they will like me. Confidence is I'll be fine even if they don't. Mm, that's great. And I'm a big believer in that. To me, confidence is everything. Like I'm a I'm a fan of like Conor McGregor. Uh, uh-huh. I love fighting and stuff. And even though he just lost, unfortunately, but uh, Conor McGregor built himself out of nothing. 
he was on welfare in Ireland like yeah. six or seven years ago, and now he's worth hundreds of millions. And you know, this the confidence makes such a big difference. And so I always try and teach people that you've got to be confident, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks about you. You have got to be like you have to. There can't be anything that can shake that. And I really like that quote. If there was one thing that that you could tell yourself pre-startup, one piece of advice what would it be that you think would be a game changer for you? If you could go back and right, right before you started your agency full time, what is one piece of advice yeah. that would be a game changer? hundred percent. I'm going to use words from Mark Zuckerberg, just ship it. Meaning just do something, put something out there and try and sell it. What so many people do, and I've done it too, is you get an idea for a business or a project. How many people have done this? If you guys are listening or watching, like, you know, let us know if that's you as well, because I've done it. You get an idea for something and you do all the fun stuff first. Oh, what's my logo going to look like? You know, I need a business card, although we don't really do cards anymore. But, you know, what, you know, what should I have on my website? You do all that fun stuff first. When in actuality, it's like, well, do you have something that people are going to want and is it good enough to buy? Let's find out. I wish, I, like, I would go back and start there versus doing all that fun little stuff first, yeah. without a doubt. I would just take action and not be afraid to fail and just keep adjusting until something hit. It's kind of a lean startup mentality. I mean, it really yes. is to Eric Reese, but is it Reed Hoffman that uh, LinkedIn that said, if you're not embarrassed by your first iteration, you waited too long? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, I, I, I'm embarrassed by a lot of iterations. So <laughs> I think I passed that test. But I, I went through all that where I would do the fun stuff first. Yeah. And I, I like I'm always telling people, you know, just find out if you can get a customer first, you know, do your, you know, just test that out. And then you can merge into that other stuff. So I wish I would have done that much earlier, for sure. Well, here we're going to bless the uh, listeners that have stayed to the end because we're gonna, this is the this is a chance we get to kind of transition into your into a, the Phil Graham micro micro class here, you know. So, <laughs> Phil, you 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 pick the subject. Let's take a couple of minutes and you just say, okay, here's here's two or three, four salient points that I, I really want to drive home. That that if if you apply this, this is really going to be a game changer for you in in your business. So, so you got it. Let's do this. All right, let's, what I want to do is share some things that will absolutely help you guys, in a, you know, in immediately for, for most people. So number one, the overriding concept that I want to talk about real quick, and then I'm going to get into the tactics is, and I said it earlier, mindset over tactics. Mm -hmm. If you guys just take the tactics and don't have the mindset, you will probably fail. Like there's a lot more to it. So just make sure that you guys are um, focusing on your mindset that's, we don't have enough time to talk about all that today, but like, make sure you, you pay attention to what you think about and what has an impact on you mindset wise. Now, beyond that, let's talk about some tactics that you guys can actually use right, right away. So I love advertising. Having a system that does not rely on hope that brings in leads to you that attracts them to you so you don't have to chase them. And then you are able to convert them into high paying clients or customers that actually pay you what you're worth is very important. So my favorite, the best, easiest way in the world, in my opinion, to do that right now is through paid advertising. It's quick. 
it's inexpensive, and it's extremely effective, and it doesn't rely on hope. And you can scale it. You can't scale a lot of things, but you can scale paid ads. And so I love things like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads. I'm going to talk about Facebook ads mainly right now, though, because I think a lot of people want help with that and, and are really familiar with that. But when I say Facebook ads, I also mean Instagram. And you guys also should be considering YouTube. So let's talk about Facebook for a second. So many people advertise incorrectly on Facebook. Now, I'm not talking about a like an e-commerce $25 product. If you sure. are somebody who's selling a service, maybe you're an entrepreneur who's selling like marketing services or you're selling anything that's like a couple hundred dollars all the way up to thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, if you're doing that, chances are you are doing it wrong. And so I just want to give you guys a quick example of why. So Facebook is not a retail store. You know, Facebook is like a social gathering. Because when people go on to Facebook, when your ideal customers and clients are on Facebook, they're not there to look at ads, right, right. Kevin? I'm like, unless they're us, unless they're a marketer or something, like they're not there, we're interrupting them. So we have to think of Facebook the platform, kind of like a dinner party. It's a social gathering. That, that's why they're on Facebook. So I like to give this example. So let's, let's take, let, I'll, I'll use you in this example, Kevin, but anybody okay. who's listening or watching, you know, think of yourself in this example as well. I want you to imagine real quick that you were a weight loss coach and you're at a dinner party. It's kind of a small dinner party. There's 20 or 30 people there. And across the room, you see somebody who's really overweight. And you feel like empathy for them because you used to be that way. And you're like, oh, I could really help this person. But it's a complete stranger. You're, you're at this restaurant. It's like a dinner party. Would you get up and walk over to the stranger and say, hey, I noticed you're overweight. Give me your email address and I'll send, send you seven tips on how to fix that. I can hook you up. <laughs> Would you do that in real life? Not a chance. Heck no. Yeah. All right, this is a family show, so I'm not going to say, I'm going to say heck no. <laughs> no way you would never do that. yet. How many Facebook ads do you see doing just that? Like sending an ad to cold traffic, people who don't know who they are yet, giving no value, no credibility, and just going straight for an email, hiding whatever they have to offer behind an email. It's exactly the same because what people don't realize on the other end of this is a human. It's a human being. Even though it's through the computer, it's no different than if you were in person. Mm. And so... A lot of people run ads with no value. They go straight for their email without offering anything. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. And, and sometimes it can still work. It doesn't mean it'll never work. There is like exceptions and stuff. But for the most part, just like in real life, if you really did that, it wouldn't have a very good effect. It's not going to work very well. And it's the same thing on Facebook. And so what people do is, a lot of times at that point, they'll just say, oh, Facebook doesn't work for me or Facebook sucks. You know, it doesn't work for my kind of business. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not Facebook. It's you. You know, I like to give the example. If I gave a football to somebody who has never seen a football before, never thrown it and asked them to throw the ball, they're not going to be able to throw a 30 yard pass most likely, you know, and hit a receiver in stride. But if I give the exact same football to Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, they're going to do it. It's not the football and it's not Facebook ads. It's you. So what's the alternative to that? So we've described the problem. How do you, you know, how do you fix it? 
in real life, if you really wanted to help that person, you were at that dinner party, you could get up and go over and just start a conversation with that person. And you wouldn't start it by saying, hey, you need to lose weight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you would not do that. So with Facebook ads, we start a conversation by we give value first. Like that is a huge concept. Like that's one of our core concepts that we do is we always give value before even asking for an email. Some people give value, but they hide it <clears throat> behind an email. And I say give value first before you even ask for anything. Because when you give value, it does two things. Number one, you're actually helping somebody first in advance before you ask for anything. So it actually demonstrates that you know what you're talking about and that you care without you having to actually like talk yourself up. You don't have to show that picture that's maybe a fake picture of you in a Lamborghini or, sure. you know, all these shams that you see online all the time. You don't have to do that. You don't have to like brag about yourself. You can just actually help somebody and it, and, and it shows that you know what you're talking about. And then number two, you differentiate yourself by doing that because hardly anybody does it. Like if you guys listening or watching, go click on 10 ads after watching this. I wouldn't be surprised if nine or 10 out of 10 are going straight for an email or an opt-in with little or no value. Yep. So when you put value first, everything changes. That makes a huge difference. So value first, that's number one. Number two, I believe Facebook video and Instagram is like the number one most undervalued asset to get awareness and get your message in front of an audience right now. We're recording this in, in November of 2018. And I think it'll still be that way for the next year, maybe two, maybe. But I do think it's going to go 10, 20, 30 X higher, like in terms of costs over the course of the next few years. So it's crazy when you think about it. You could literally target so distinctly. You could target yoga moms who are 33 that drink a certain brand of coffee and live in a zip code. Yeah. I mean, it's, in, it's, it's insane. It's so effective. And by doing so, like, you hit the nail on the head. You can, you can match your copy to the segment that you target. A lot of people make the mistake of the, just doing these broad ads that are just generalized stuff, trying to just, they try and reach everybody. And by doing that, they reach nobody. Right. Versus if you break it up and you segment your content and you match your copy, everything changes. And so video is a great way to do that because it's inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of our campaigns, we're getting video views at one or two cents to a targeted audience. That is crazy. If you, can you imagine like 10 years ago, if you tried to do that, it would have been impossible. Uh, it, it, it didn't exist. I mean, no. it, it's like network, you know, <laughs> advertising that, you know, during a television show or something. Yeah, which wouldn't, wouldn't have been targeted, would have been insanely expensive, and you couldn't have done it. Whereas now, we can actually do that for pennies. It's, it's just, it's absolutely insane. And like I mentioned earlier, AdWords used to be, you know, five cents a click. And a lot of times now, big keywords are like $50 a click. Yep. I believe that right now, we're still in like the five cent a click range in terms of Facebook video, like, I believe we're in the Wild West, and it's going to go up 20, 30, 40, 50 X in a few years. But right now, you have the ability to take advantage of that. And if you don't, if you don't go hard on video right now, I promise you, you're going to regret it. It's a huge opportunity. So going hard on video, going value first, and then number three, 
this is a big one, retarget like a beast. All right, you've got to retarget. Most of your success in Facebook ads comes from retargeting, not the first time somebody sees your ad. Most people make the mistake of running a campaign. And if they don't get a sale right away, they think it's a failure. But retargeting is where it's all where, where it all happens. Like people have to see you a few times, right? They have they want to know, like and trust you before they make a decision. Unless you're selling like a inexpensive e commerce product, it's not quite as the same. But for most people out there, they're going to need to see it a few times. And a lot of people I see making mistakes are not retargeting at all. Or if they are, they're not really doing it properly. And you've the other thing too, is you've got to know your numbers. Like it would surprise you. I've talked to a million dollar business. And I'm like, well, what's your cost per lead? What's your cost per acquisition? How much? You know, what's it costing you per click? And they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how can you guys make effective decisions on what you're to do tomorrow exactly. and next month if you don't know exactly what's bringing in your stuff right now? And that was a million dollar business. So if if they are not doing it, I guarantee you, most just general entrepreneurs or small businesses are probably not doing it either, or they're not doing it right. So like, if you track your numbers, and then you make smart decisions based on data, Mm -hmm. instead of guessing and and hope, that will like put you in front of everybody else. Right. Now, do you use the the built in analytics for your metrics or do you have kind of a something that you've created on the side? Do you use like, you know, YouTube analytics, you use Facebook, uh, Google analytics, things like that to, to, to track that. Or do you in essence kind of have your own that you, you'll kind of bespoke that you built that said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeding the numbers in and I, I can determine what metrics I want to measure. Yes. Yes. To everything. But we, we feed it into a dashboard. So we created a custom dashboard in Google sheets Mm -hmm. that we use and it allows us to see the health of our business in one place where we can literally see everything that's going on. And then we can make decisions based on data instead of guessing. So we use all those systems, but then we roll it into our own dashboard, I call it. And that is a game changer because I didn't always do that. Um, I actually learned about that from uh, a client who's very rich (laughs) <laughs> and he learned about it from the rich dad. You know that book, Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad? Kiyosaki. So, yeah. yeah. The rich dad that Kiyosaki wrote about, his name is Keith Cunningham. And he's a big proponent of dashboards mm-hmm. and data-based decision-making. And so I learned it from a guy who learned it from him. Mm-hmm. And it's changed our business big time. Does that automatically feed your spreadsheet or do you have to manually import? You have to manually do it. Yeah. So it's very, there's so many different things that we have that we measure. Mm -hmm. And so um, there probably, there may be a way to automate it through Zapier. If you had enough zaps, you know, I need to look into that a little bit more to see if it could truly be done. Cause there's a lot of moving pieces and stuff. Sure. So I have somebody else do it. Like I don't do it myself. I have somebody do it, but it might be able to be automated, which would be even better. Now, I don't want to talk any, anybody out of a job, any virtual system. <laughs> I know. I always got more stuff for them. To do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I need more. I need more good people. So, so let's, nope. let's recap those three. So you said, number one, you know, lead with value. Yep. Make sure that you're leading with value before the ask. Second thing you said right now, go hard on video. 
you yep. know, because it, it's, it is an undervalued, um, under, underpriced even resource yep. for marketing. And, and, and video ads, let me be clear, yeah, video yeah, ads. Like, yeah. hey, if you want to do a Facebook Live or do an organic video, cool, no problem. But you want a lot of people to see it. You've got to put money behind it. Make right. sure you guys are doing video ads. And then the third was just retarget like a beast. So is, do you have statistics on how many times a, a potential client has to be exposed to something before they buy? I mean, it, it probably depends on the industry and then, and the, yeah, thing it you're does. Buying, but, I mean, is that, is there kind of a, an industry standard that says, okay, they got to see it three times. They got to see it. There's a lot of different things and it varies so much based on industry, based on niche, based on what type of campaign you're running as well. Mm -hmm. Cause are you going for email? Are you going for a webinar registration? Is it somebody who's already like has, like, where are they in the process? Have they already given in value? Like at the top of the funnel, we want to go for awareness and give value first. And if we've right. done that a lot, then it's easier at the bottom of the funnel when we are going for an action. And, and like, we want more touches at the top of the funnel. We might have three, four or five touches, but there are some times where we'll do one touch and go straight for something and mm -hmm. we'll test everything out. And, Sometimes that works. Sometimes the other way works, but there's so many different niches and stuff. It's hard to just give a, give a number. Um, by the way, I wanted to add a fourth thing real quick to the okay. thing I gave. It's going to sound cliche, but I promise you guys, I don't mean for it to sound that way, but truly care about your people. Mm. You know, um, when I work with somebody like we talked about at the beginning of the show, the coaching that I did, um, when I work with somebody, I truly care about them as a person and I want them to succeed. And when you, whether you're a service business or a product-based business, like if you put your customer or client first and you really care about them, and you don't just say that, like everybody likes to say it, but if you actually do it, you can stand out even just with that. I mean, you still have to do some of these other things. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of people just going through the motions in business where they kind of care, but they care more about the money. And I promise you, if you care more about your people, your employees, or and, and your customers, then the money, the money will come more than you could even imagine. Mm. That's, that's that. I'm, I'm glad you circled back and added that fourth and on because I mean, I, the, the client that we talked about earlier that you, was your coaching client, she would certainly affirm that. And I mean, she, when she talked about the, the relationships that you had, it was, it was primarily with, with the fact that, you know, you just, you fed into her yeah. you know, instead of just, okay, I'm going to tell you 10 things, you go do them and, and then oh, write me a check at the end of the month type thing. So yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it was one of those things where like, I knew that she was taking action and, and like an eager learner uh -huh. and like that, like just it motivated me. I was like, I wanted to just keep giving more and more because it's kind of like, like if you teach somebody to build a building and all of a sudden they start building this amazing building, like you want to just, you want to see that building, you know, you want to see it through and then see, Oh, what if they build a bigger building, you know? And, and so just the true caring, um, I've got a couple other people I've done that with. And to me, it makes me so happy to see them out there doing stuff and succeeding. And it just, that's why I do it. Well, I, I can tell even just the time we spent here that I, I can tell that that, that really is a, a personal character driver for you. It's not just something that you've got on the wall that you, you try to make sure your employees right. are doing, that you, you lead with that. And I, I just really appreciate the time that, that you've taken tonight, Phil. And, and uh, I, I know that those that have listened through the, this 
this uh, chat we've had tonight, we, man, we really closed it well and with with the information that you provided for them. And, and I, I know that it will be a, a game changer for them. And it really is a, a overused term, a value bomb that you. Yep. With. So wrap us up tonight. Tell us how we can best find you online. And, and if there's just one last piece of advice you want to leave the listeners with, you can just close it out. All right, great. You guys can find me at philgramdigital.com. And uh, that's also my Instagram and my Facebook. I think it's all Phil Graham Digital is we're everywhere. Uh, and I will say like last two quick things. Number one, you guys focus on one or two key ways of growing your business. In my opinion, a lot of people try and do a hundred different things, but if you can do get really good at a couple, that's why like if you go to my Facebook and go to my Instagram, I don't post all day. I'm not do, sitting there on that all the time. Like that's the, like I do certain things that work really well for us. So don't feel like you have to do, sometimes I talk to people that feel like they have to post 10 times a day. They've got to go on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Google. They have to have a podcast. They have to do, like when you add all that stuff up, it's insane. And they have to take care of their customers and all these other things. Don't feel like you have to do it all. If you like doing it all, it's awesome. Do it. Or, <laughs> And or if you can pay somebody to help you with that stuff, that's awesome. But right. if it's just you and your time is limited and stuff, you don't have to be overwhelmed. You can make things happen just focusing on a couple key things. And um, then secondly, again, like I said, I'm at philgramdigital.com. If you guys have any questions, like I'm just super, I, I love helping people. You know, I can't take a lot of time, but I'm totally willing to answer questions. I'm not going to pitch you guys. Um, we teach attraction marketing. We don't, chase business anyway. <laughs> so like for me, if I can help somebody, I know it's going to come back to me in goodwill. And if you guys, no question is dumb unless it's, unless it's about the Seahawks losing, and then, you know, we can't, we might not be able to be friends, but um, you guys, I'm super happy to help if you guys have any questions and also um, just appreciate you guys. If you listened or watched to this whole thing, like you are in like a 1% because most people won't do that. Mm. So congrats to you guys, whoever did that. If you're watching, unless you skipped forward, if you cheated, you know who you are. If you skip forward, get back, watch it all. <laughs> but no, I appreciate your guys' attention. Thank you so much for being here. And, and Kevin, thank you for having me on. Like, I love what you're doing. I love that we have cool backgrounds, you know, hey. cool little backgrounds that semi-match and and i appreciate you gotta, you gotta get on youtube to see what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's a teaser that's a Come teaser on over that's to right. youtube subscribe yeah. to kevin's channel and if you're all in on video <laughs> <laughs> there's a little call to action there well phil i want to wrap up tonight with a with a quote by a uh, a french writer called antoine de saint exupery he said if you wish to build a ship do not divide the men into teams and send them into for into the forest to cut wood Instead, teach them to long for the vast and endless sea. I thought, what a great way to, to end this, this podcast, but you know, by casting vision of how all boats can rise in a rising tide. Bill, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Love it. Thank you, Kevin.